The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Cormac Halpin is a senior statistician with the CSO and he's with me now. Cormac, you're very welcome to the show. Um, you have been up to your oxters in these results for some time now. We're only getting uh, through them since 11 o'clock today when they were published. What interests you most? What stands out for you in all of the, the information we're getting today? Well, Kieran, as you mentioned, we're releasing results today from the census that people might remember took place in April last year. Um, I think it's probably a duty on me to report the, the headline figure from the census, which is that the population has increased 8% since 2016, and it now stands at over 5 million, 5.15 million, which is the, the highest population that we've recorded since famine times <clears throat> back in 1851. I think it's interesting as well that the population has increased in every county, which hasn't always been the case between censuses, and, and most of the growth has happened in the east of the country. So Meath, Kildare, Fingal, Longford have all recorded very strong population growth. Um, I, I think in terms of, of, of interest, there's, for me, as you said, we've been looking at this data for quite some time. There's, there's new, new questions in the census form, and it's always interesting to look at those. So among the really interesting pieces of information um, was the number of volunteers. So 700,000 people approximately indicated they did voluntary work. And we have a further breakdown of those. So nearly 300,000 of them volunteer in a sporting organisation and a further 225,000 volunteer in their community. So that's just part of the, the huge tapestry of information that we released today. And, and a huge increase as well in the number of people identifying themselves as carers, I notice, in the census. Yeah, the number of people identifying them as carers has increased to nearly 300,000 people. I, I think it's probably worth noting that the, the wording of the question changed since 2016, so it's a little bit more all-encompassing, which might have made more people declare themselves as carers, but certainly it is a significant rise. One of the interesting elements of the of the most recent census was this time capsule, and um, I've seen some kind of brilliant examples of what people included, including somebody who who did a sketching of Chris Rock being slapped by Will Smith at the Oscars, uh, quite randomly. And um, how many people actually filled out the time capsule? So approximately three hundred fifty thousand uh, time capsules were, were returned to us. So that's about twenty percent of the the, um, the population. It's, um, it varies from county to county, and it, it might be of interest to note that Dundee Rock Town was the area with the highest completion rate at, at 21%. Um, we can't, unfortunately, divulge how many Chris Rock um, caricatures <laughs> were on the, the census form because we didn't actually look at that in detail. Um, so that those time capsules will be put away for 100 years and, and released to the public um, in 21, 22. Yeah, listen, it, it, it'll be fascinating um, uh, when they eventually uh, are released for whoever gets to dig through them. Um, uh, the growth, uh, the population growth, I mean, is it, you mentioned kind of the county by county, it, it has gone up. Um, is it uniform across the country, that level of growth? No, I think predominantly most of the growth is in the east of the country. Um, so as I mentioned, Meath, Kildare, Fingal are one of the highest growing um, counties. It's less pronounced, particularly in the west of the country. So counties like Donegal, Kerry and Mayo grow by low single digits, uh, typically 5% as well. So there is there is more uh, higher population growth in the east of the country, predominantly. And, and what does the census, Cormac, tell us about um, kind of uh, uh, nationality and, uh, and ethnicity? Because I guess we, we we've had a couple of things happen since the last census. We've had uh, Brexit and a huge amount of you know people from the north say, applying for dual citizenship, and maybe people from the UK moving to Ireland. There was talk of that, and we of course have had in the last uh, couple of years, but we've had Ukraine for the last year and, and, and before that as well, an uptick in the number of people seeking asylum in this country. 
Yeah, well, I'd say if, if you're interested in, in the area of diversity and migration and you can fill your boots with the census results today, there's a huge amount of information that's been released. Just to give you a flavour of it, um, we're reporting today that 12% of the population um, reported themselves as non-Irish citizens, about 630,000 people. There's, there's interesting information within that. So the largest um, nationality group there was Polish, um, which is about 94,000 people. But interestingly, that's down significantly from 2016 then about 30,000 people. The second biggest group is UK nationals, um, 83,000 people. Again, that's down by 20,000 since 2016. But, but very interestingly, there's a, a significant increase, um, a doubling of the amount of people who declare themselves to be dual Irish-UK nationals, mm. um, which and most of those were born in the UK. There's also significant growth among other groups. So the number of Indian nationals um, increased from 11,000 in 2016 to 45,000 this time around, and significant growth also among Romanians and Brazilians. So we're a really changing picture of the, um, the, the non-Irish nationals there. In, in terms of Ukrainians, we know that about 19,000 people indicated their country was Ukraine. So the census, as you remember, took place um, just a couple of months after the invasion of Ukraine. So that figure has increased significantly since uh, yeah. April 2022, and, and there's lots of information on that available on the CSO website. Yeah, well, listen, you could spend all day on the CSO website. I could spend all day talking through some of the results with you. It's fascinating stuff. Jill O'Mahony is with us as well, uh, the sociology lecturer at the Southeast uh, Technological University. Um, uh, Jill, I might ask you the same a- a- question I-, I asked Cormac. Given the kind of sheer volume of, of, of data we're being bombarded with, what, what has stood out for you? What interests you most? Well, I suppose there are a few things that jumped out. Um, first of all, yeah, we're becoming a a far more multicultural uh, society, which is, you know, a fantastic thing. But overall, I suppose, you know, in addition to that, we're a society still dealing with the after effects of COVID. We have an aging population um, who, in general, across the board, feel like they're in poorer health than in 2016. And, you know, when we're talking about um, the housing, it's a difficult world for those in the private rental market, particularly. Um, the average rent there is increased by 37% in only six years. So that's a, a significant um, jump and something that we really need to, you know, tackle and get to grips with uh, as a society. OK, so so that health um, aspect you mentioned there, um, um, kind of a, an ageing population dealing with the after effects of COVID, how does that manifest in the census? Well, for those under the age of 75, uh, in 2016, 61% said that they were in good health. But we're seeing now that that number has dropped to 52%. So there's probably a number of things going on. Of course, we might have the after effects of long COVID. Mm. um, But also, I suppose it's worth considering, you know, the mental health. Uh, impact of, you know, two uh, years of kind of of difficult social situation. And also, um, you know, I, I wonder about the fact that when, you know, more people are now obviously uh, staying at working from home. So uh, and not, uh, quite a high proportion of people said that they were um, working from home at least a part of the week. Um, so with that then comes the fact that they're getting maybe less exercise because they're not walking around as much mm. um, and they're not seeing as many people, Kieran, and, and that's a really important thing for our mental health and well-being. You know, we need to be socialising, we need to engage with people. Um, so there's a, it's, you know, there's 
a few things going on there with the health of, of our nation. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, on the physical health aspect, it's, it's kind of the COVID stone made manifest, made tangible, possibly uh, in the census yeah. results. And it's interesting what you say, because we're going to get into more detail on the, on the working from home element a bit later in the show. But I mean, that that is part of the narrative or some of the rhetoric around working from home where it still needs to be muddled through is, is the fact that, you know, there are kind of, uh, abstract or intangible qualities to, to being in the office that we don't realise maybe we we missed until we weren't in the office. Absolutely. And I suppose I would say that they are um, they are tangible from the perspective of we know through research that human beings kind of we need to connect. You know, we're we're social, we're social animals. We need to connect. And when we're at home and we're conversing with people um, online, that the natural interaction that we would have with human beings, picking up body language, picking up inflection in words, etc., isn't quite there because it's not as, um, you know, we're not picking up idiosyncrasies, etc., and how people behave. Um, so we're not as comfortable with them then as a result of that. Um, and perhaps we're not taking breaks with people. So therefore, we're not, you know, finding out a little bit about their home lives. Mm. People aren't sharing. People aren't making friends, essentially, which we all need no matter how old we are. Um, so those are important things that if we are working from home, we do need to be aware of. And I suppose try to mitigate the 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 the, the yeah. um some of the problems with it. Isn't it interesting though, because at the start of the whole working from home experiment, that the conversation was around productivity. Sure, you know, that, that, yeah. that was the fear. And 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 I, I know Kira was talking about this this morning. She still kind of feels that maybe people are less productive. And I tend to agree with her, though my response might be so what? You know, I think there's an argument that we don't all need to be productive to within an inch of our lives. It, it's the things we weren't talking about that actually we see, seem to matter more. Absolutely. And for, you know, me as a sociologist, I can't uh, stress enough how important, um, you know, a functioning society is. And in order to have a functioning society, we need to actually be interacting and engaging and sharing, you know. Mm. Um, so, uh, you know, employers need to, if, if they're moving towards a, a model whereby the majority of staff are staying at home, they need to kind of figure out ways around that so that the morale within businesses is 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 kept high um so that the employer the, the employees rather um are not having any negative health uh, implications in terms of their mental health so uh, finally jill i mean for people listening to this wondering why we're all getting so excited about it why does it matter so much all of this information Oh, it matters so much because it's a snapshot in time, isn't it, of our society, of where we're going. Um, but also, I suppose, it highlights some things that we need to work on, some problems. The fact that the private rental market, now people are paying, uh, you know, 37% more on their rent than they were only six years ago. That's, um, you know, a serious issue. And it's, it's something that we are now have figures for. So we can kind of try to, lobby government to kind of uh, put in policies to kind of change to put something into effect to help these people maybe get more people on the housing market which is you know 66 percent mm. uh, of people are are owner occupied now whereas in 1991 it was 80 percent so we're seeing a huge change in Irish society and by looking at the census data we can see where we are we can see where we've come from and we can try and have some sort of a um, an input on how we move into the future.
Jill O'Mahony, Sociology Lecturer at the Southeast Technological University. And before Jill, we heard from Cormac Halpin, Senior Statistician with the CSO. Thank you both very much for joining us. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.